I'm Michael R. Malley, and this is Fresh Green Blessings, reading the Judeo-Christian Bible through a Buddhist lens with Mother Earth eyes. Welcome once again to Fresh Green Blessings, and I am Michael R. Malley. And I'm Ollie Ren Erickson Malley. And this week on Fresh Green Blessings, we will have a reading from Chapter 4 of Mark. Uh, we'll be sharing part of the, uh, the parable of the sower, one of the uh, famous parables of Jesus. And we'll be talking about, with that, we'll be talking about soil and the depth of soil. And with that, we'll have a quote of Thich Nhat Hanh, the Vietnamese Zen Buddhist monk. Um, Ollie will share the Bible reading, and I will have the, uh, I'll do the reading reflection. And then after that, I'll share a short Dharma talk. And that's really a meditative reflection. It's kind of the extemporaneous, mindful, slow thoughts. So uh, you're invited to listen to that section as a, uh, as kind of an exercise in mindful reflection. And then finally, Ollie will have some closing reflections and some closing questions for us. As usual, we have the Tibetan singing bowl, the bell, and you are invited to enjoy the sound of the bell. Here's the bell. The reading today is from Mark chapter 4, verses 5 through 6 and 16 through 17. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy, but they have no root and endure only for a while. Then, when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. seed or a seedling is to entrust it to the earth. The plant will live or die because of the earth, but the earth also entrusts herself to the plant. Each leaf that falls down and decomposes will help the soil be alive. When we take refuge in the Buddha, we entrust ourselves to the soil of understanding, and the Buddha entrusts himself or herself to us 
for understanding, love, and compassion to be alive in the world. Unquote. Says the Vietnamese Zen Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh, also known as Thai, from the heart of the Buddhist teachings. In Jesus' parable of the sower, we hear of the seed falling on rocky ground. We think of the lack of root in the plant and the person. Even Jesus says, since they have no root, they endure only for a while. The problem is the lack of root, or is it? The lack of roots is an effect, not the cause of trouble. The real problem is mentioned earlier by Jesus. The soil has no depth. The soil is key. The soil has been ignored. Acknowledging the value and importance of the Clean Air and the Clean Water Acts dating back to the 1970s, the soil scientist, Dr. Ratan Lal, asks us, where is the Clean Soil Act? Our lack of focus on soil health has been devastating for our earth. The soil has been ignored. The soil is key. Thich Nhat Hanh says the soil is alive and Dr. Lal agrees. What happens when the soil of understanding has depth and great life? Then the Buddha and Jesus' teachings can take root. Then we can fulfill our trust to bring to life understanding, love, and compassion. If our soil lacks depth, we may receive the teachings with joy, but everything quickly withers. Our spiritual and religious work is to improve the soil. How? We must compost what is not beneficial, that which does not serve compassion and agape love. A garden of loving kindness and compassion and understanding will grow. Some people assume that those who embrace a melding of traditions like Buddhism and Christianity have a surface level spirituality, one that lacks roots. Certainly, seekers risk remaining spiritual shoppers, skimming the surface, lacking depth. But that need not be the case for those called to double belonging. The Buddhist teacher Thich Nhat Hanh includes an image of Jesus on his altar and recognizes Jesus Christ as one of his spiritual ancestors. Tai says he is stronger for having these two roots. Two roots may grow well when the soil is deep and alive. Among spiritual and religious leaders of the world, Nathan is known as one of the leading voices in caring for our planet. Having deepened, enriched, and enlivened the soil of compassionate understanding within himself, he recognizes that we are all part of the earth. Tai emboldens us to open our hearts and raise our earthen voices to care for the living earth beneath our feet, just as Dr. Law calls us to enliven, enrich, and deepen the living soil of our planet. What is true of the seeds of the Buddha and Jesus' teachings is also true of our plant seeds, as well as the plant seeds of future generations. They require a depth of living soil, 
The soil is key. It must no longer be ignored. It is interesting that one of the age-old put-downs of modernity is to call someone dirty, dirt-y, meaning that one is covered in dirt, smells of dirt, that one is like dirt. And most of us have seen framed the words cleanliness is next to godliness. And there is in that some desire to scrub away the dirt, to shine as spiritual beings by scraping the earthiness off of us. But the Judeo-Christian scriptures tell us we are of the dust and to the dust we return. Adam is the name given to the first man, made of Adama, made of the earth, the land. Who are the people with dirt under their fingernails? Who are the ones for whom work is so closely tied to the earthen soil that The dirt lines, the dirt lines become embedded in their skin. And we think of fingerprints as identity. 
They are identified with the dirt. Jesus, in his ministry, oftentimes draws on seeds and sowing and plants and animals. We find something similar in the Buddhist tradition. I think after nearly 30 years After deep study of traditions and ongoing work, I am growing tired of people suggesting that I have a surface level spirituality because I hold a melding of Buddhism and Christianity and Mother Earth spirituality as well. I hold an identity as an Irish American and a Slovak American. My Slovak grandparents came over from Eastern Europe in the early 1900s. I knew well my Slovak grandma with her thick Slovak accent. Her husband, my grandfather, had died in an accident in the mills when my mother was just two years old. On the Irish side, it is my four great-grandparents who came over. My grandma's parents. This woman who helped raise me and continued to share little phrases, little words that had come from the Emerald Isle. I've been very fortunate in that I've been able to visit those lands. I've touched the soil of Ireland. 
and Slovakia. But those recent generations of Irish and Slovak elders are buried here in Ohio and some in Pennsylvania. This is becoming the land where my fathers died. I have laughed with the soil of this place. I've built mud pies. Long before I ever attended a school, I was squishing the soil of this land in my hands, patting it, making it into cakes that I knew in my four-year-old world were delicious. It would be silly in my thinking to invite me to choose to be Irish American or Slovak American or simply an Ohioan, an American. I am all of these. Similarly, it would feel disingenuine to me to simply say, I am Buddhist. It would be a denial of the soil, the rich soil of Christianity. that shaped me. The composting over years and years and decades of Jesus's teachings, of the wonderful and not so wonderful moments among people who identify themselves as Christian or identify themselves as the church. And at the same time, it would feel not quite right to simply call myself Christian because I have so taken in these teachings which grew in other lands, in India and China. in Japan, Korea, Vietnam, and are now growing here in Ohio. 
I have had the great good fortune to touch the soil of Korea and the soil of Japan as well with these hands. I recently had the opportunity to hear the preeminent soil scientist, Dr. Lal, speak of the earth, of the living soil. When he spoke of the soil being alive, immediately the words of Thich Nhat Hanh flew through my brain. As a storyteller and educator, I've given many workshops to children where I'll integrate folk tales and little science activities, oftentimes with vermicomposting, worm composting. And if I give the children no warning and just hold up the red wiggler worms, many of them will lean back or call out so before I show them the worms I ask them to not show such disrespect I tell them how the worms create pockets of air throughout the soil, helping the soil to breathe. And I tell them that if some strange disease were to wipe out all the worms of the world tomorrow, it would be catastrophic for us humans. Their life is linked to our lives. I like that Thich Nhat Hanh says the Buddha entrusts himself or herself to us for understanding, love, and compassion to be alive in the world. For myself as a Buddhist Christian, as a Buddhist Christian child of Mother Earth, 
I submit that Jesus entrusts himself to us also so that understanding love and compassion may be alive in the world. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, you will know, you will know the value of the teachings by the fruit. We do not get luscious figs from thorns. or thistles. No, that is not the source of our grapes. Our juicy grapes and delicious figs come from the grapevine, come from the fig plant. What are we growing in the soil? And that which does not serve what the Buddha and Jesus has entrusted us with should be cut away as leaves and allowed to enrich the soil to make the soil more alive so that what is worthy may grow. Moving from the metaphorical to the physical, material, soil itself. One measure of the value of our teachings, one worthy measure would be to look at our earth, our soil, our ecosystems. For if we are degrading, destroying, and harming this beautiful planet, then we must raise questions about our understandings of the teachings. I cannot imagine the Buddha or Jesus 
applauding, cheering, or sanctifying the work that we have done, the overall work. But when the Buddha and Jesus see those who are caring for the animals with compassion, offering love to a forest or meadow, seeing those who are saying to our soil, let me do the work of helping to enrich you. Let me add to your life. I must say that I hold a theology, a way of looking at the world that tells me that every day among the thousands upon thousands who are doing this work, who are putting their hands to the dirt with love and caring and the wish to add more life to the soil. Whether those people are in Korea, Japan, Slovakia, Ireland, or Ohio, wherever they are. I believe that both Buddha and Jesus are smiling upon the work, encouraging the caring, celebrating the love. May we be emboldened to get dirty, to be dirty. To understand the depth of compliment it is to be dirty. And to see that that dirtiness 
is next to godliness. Seeds sown on rocky ground in soil that lacks depth may spring up quickly, but they will soon wither and die. What teachings and practices deepen and enrich your soil? We are entrusted by Jesus and the Buddha to grow in compassionate understanding and loving kindness. What thoughts, words, views, and habits prevent such growth? Can we begin to compost that which is not beneficial? The soil is alive. The clean soil act as our work. We can compost and garden in ways that enrich the soil. We are entrusted by Jesus and the Buddha to grow in compassionate understanding and loving kindness of our Mother Earth. We can create less rocky ground. We can help deepen and further enliven the soil. A depth of soil is needed. I'm Michael Armalley, and you've been listening to Fresh Green Blessings, where we've been reading the Judeo-Christian Bible through a Buddhist lens with Mother of Eyes.